What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports 360. I'm Jeff Fennell, and I'm here with my man, Rob Duran, Rob Duran Sports. What's up, Rob? How are you, man? What's going on, man? What's going on? Oh, man. Um, You know, last week, you know, we focused primarily on the New York teams, and, you know, we talked a lot about the the Yankees, the Mets, and the Knicks. And of the three, the Knicks continue, man, to show themselves. I mean, they're on a, what, nine-game winning streak right now? As we speak, um, about to tip off against the Phoenix Suns, hopefully to make it a perfect 10. So we'll see about that. Um, But they're continuing to play some good basketball the Mets, on the other hand, maybe because I was bragging a little bit too much last week. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but they kind of hit the skids a little bit, getting swept by the Cubs. Um, but they did take two out of three from the Nationals. And the Yankees, the Yankees are starting to play a little bit better. So, um, you know, we'll keep an eye on the Yankees and the Mets. But, man, we we got at least – at the very least, as we start today's show, tip our hats to the New York Knicks. That's right, man. I told you, the Knicks keep the lights on in New York when they're good, man. And they're playing, they're continuing to play some phenomenal basketball. Julius Randle continues to be a force. And listen, those guys are playing hard, man. They're grinding out wins. They're blowing people out. They're doing everything during this streak. And hopefully they can maintain that as we head into the stretch run of the season. Yeah, I mean, and look, we're coming down the stretch right now. The Knicks are in fourth place, um, half game up on Atlanta. So it's tight still. But, um, you know, if the Knicks can stay that four, five, six slot, they can avoid the playing game and get themselves to a bona fide first round series without having to go through that gauntlet of a play-in. So that's what I'm hoping, Rob. You know what I mean? That they can just stay four, five, six, and the higher the better. Yeah, same here, man. I, I don't like the play-in. I'm, I'm a little worried about that because you never know. You can have a bad game at any time. So I need the Knicks to stay right there where they're at and just cruise into the playoffs. Yeah, and one one of the teams you and I were talking about a little while ago that – Right now is in the playoff format, the Washington Wizards, man, they've come out of nowhere and they've won eight games in a row. And right now they're looking like a team that in that play in situation, you would hate to go up against them. You know, you got Bradley Beal, uh, second leading scorer in the league, I think. Right. I think he's behind Steph right now. Yeah, Um, they're close, too, I think. Yeah, they're real close. And then you got Russell Westbrook, who is just such a dynamic player and can put a triple-double on you in his sleep. And if you have to play those guys in a one-game, you know, winner, you know, takes all, mm, that that's tough, man. That's, that's, that's a, tough. That's a tall order, man, because it, it's – wow. Because Bradley Beal could drop 50 on you without you even realizing he's dropping 50 on you. And like you said, Westbrook is a triple-double machine. So I wouldn't want to face that team while, while they're hot. 
because that's that's danger for any team. Yeah, yeah. And and just real quickly, man, the other basketball news, you know, AD came back. Anthony Davis returned for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, he's on a minutes restriction as he, you know, gets his conditioning uh, together. But he's back and he's playing. And LeBron is supposedly not that far behind. So that's good news for Lakers fans. That's good news for the NBA, you know, to see LeBron. Um, yeah. Let me ask you, man, have you missed LeBron since he's been out? Honestly, the Knicks have been doing so well. I haven't even remembered that LeBron is out. But I'll say this. The competition on West, the dynamic players that they have. I know Jamal Murray went down. But the, the dynamic players that the West has on every single team, it seems like, it almost makes you not miss LeBron as much as maybe we originally thought we would miss LeBron James. So I think it's the, the level of talent that we see in the NBA, especially in the Western Conference. Man, sometimes you forget that LeBron James isn't playing because you see Steph Curry dropping 30-plus in however many straight games he did or, or somebody doing something spectacular every night. Yeah, Steph has been awesome, and you're right. There's, there have been a lot of good players out West, you know, really playing well. I got to tell you, man, I, I've missed Bron Bron, man. I, I, I found myself last week, you know, you know, missing him and, and, and wanting to see him back on the court, which is strange for me. I mean, I'm a LeBron fan, don't get me wrong, but I, I tend not to you know, get overly sentimental about guys. You know what I mean? And <laughs> But I found myself missing Bronny a little bit. So I want to I see him back out there, man. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing, you know, for real. Um, we don't – he's not going to be around that much longer. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Maybe three years. Maybe. Um, I, I don't see him going much beyond that because I don't think LeBron – is going to allow himself to get to a point where his skills are so diminished that he's sort of like how Michael Jordan was when Michael Jordan was on the Wizards. Yeah. No, I don't you think he'll get that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he'll let it get to that point. He's one of those guys that he want to go out on top. And I think, you know, if you're giving him three years, let's say the Lakers win the championship in two and their roster starts looking questionable after that for that third season, maybe he's a guy that says, okay, let's, Let's call yep. it a career here. And mm-hmm. I mean, he has nothing to prove to anybody as far as I'm concerned. He's already done what he needs to do. Everything, everything he's doing now is just, just padding onto the stats. So he has nothing to prove to anyone. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Well, I want to talk today about Madison Bumgarner and whether or not his game against the Atlanta Braves, second game of a doubleheader, which in this pandemic-affected season means that the doubleheaders are seven-inning games. So he pitched a no-hitter over seven innings. And some people, including the Arizona Diamondbacks, Bumgarner's team, some are calling this a true no-hitter and others are saying it's not. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to you, but before I do, I'm going to say right off the bat, this 
was not a no-hitter. What do you have to say about it? Man, so I've been struggling with this. I'm not going to lie. And I think I've come to the conclusion that I'm a 50-50 split. <laughs> and I know that does nobody any favors. <laughs> not really. But, man, I... So the rule, the MLB rule is basically, and I'll actually read it. I have it up in front of me. An official no-hit game occurs when a pitcher or pitchers allow no hits during the entire course of a game, which consists of at least nine innings. So it's very out there. It's exactly, it has to be at least nine innings. Now, obviously, this game was seven innings because of the doubleheader rules um, since the pandemic stuff. It wasn't a game that was cut short by weather or some other type of disaster. So by the rule, no, it's not a no-hitter. Do I think it's a no-hitter? I think if we're going to credit Bumgarner with the no-hitter, and let's say the seven-inning rule is going to be something that's going to continue, I think MLB has to amend their rules or add a rule, whatever you want to do. And, yeah, give them the credit for the no-hitter because at the end of the day, it is an accomplishment to hold the team to no hits for seven innings, right? But per the rules, no, this is not a no hitter. Do I believe he should be credited? Whew. Honestly, man, I think I would give it to him as long as MLB, like I said, if they're willing to adjust their rules and say, let's give the seven inning no hit, the seven inning rule. We created this. Let's, you know, we created this monster per se. Let's feed the monster. Let's adjust our rules. Let's create it that every no hitter, that seven innings in that double header, in that double headers are going to be no hitters from here on. But I think there has to be an amendment to the rule in order for it to, to count. And see, for me, this comes down to the rule. And, and, and it's not because I'm a stickler for rules and all of that. But the rule is clear. You read it, right? Yeah. Nine, at least nine innings, right? A pitcher or pitchers, you know, that that's how many innings they have to log in order to get credited with throwing a no-hitter. Bumgarner through seven innings. I don't know. Look, I went to law school. And the joke is, right, those who go to law school, you know, people go to law school because they're not good at math. Now, that's not always true. You know, I, I can do a little bit of math and I can do enough math to know this. Seven innings is not the equivalent of nine innings. Sorry. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> to me, <laughs> it's not that hard, Rob. Even lawyers could do this. It's not that hard. And so in my mind, this is easy. This is not a no-hitter. Now, doesn't mean I don't understand the argument for those who believe that it should be a no-hitter. You know, there were diamond, Diamondbacks players, you know, Bumgarner's teammates, and, the, you know, the front office and, you know, the PR staff and everything else, you know, they're out there saying this was a no-hitter. The players are saying this is a no-hitter. And a couple of players said, look, this game was scheduled for seven innings. And it goes yeah. back to your point. This wasn't a game that was shortened by rain or, or snow or whatever. Uh, this wasn't a game where the power went out, right, after seven innings or something like that. 
this was a scheduled seven inning game. So, you know, everybody knew coming into it, seven innings. If someone's leading at the end of the seven innings, that, per, you know, that team wins. So they, you know, everybody knew that coming in and Bumgarner in that situation came in and threw a no hitter. It should count. I, I, I get the logic, but that logic for me, Rob, doesn't get us around the rule. Yeah, I agree. I think it has to, baseball has to amend their rules. If they're going to continue with the seven innings, we don't know what's going to happen with the new CBA or anything like that just yet. But if they're going to continue the seven inning double headers, I think they do have to do some type of rule adjustments, similar to what they did with the no hitters to begin with, where they kind of did a, a retroactive rule and some pitchers actually lost no hitters, you know, back in the day because they amended the rule. Um, so I think MLB has to decide, all right, are we going to continue the seven inning double headers? And if we are, then these things have to count as no hitters. You know, are we going to see a no hitter all the time? Probably not. It's tough to get to seven innings of no hit baseball, even though the Diamondbacks almost did it in two straight games. <laughs> that's a, that's an Atlanta Brazier yeah. at that point. So, yeah. That's probably but, the biggest story out of that double header. Yeah, they almost got no hit in two straight games. So we would have had a double controversy over here. So imagine that. But, you know, if, the, if MLB is going to continue the seven-inning double headers, then they need to adjust the rules and say, all right, these things are going to count, whether you have it separate from the nine-inning or nine-plus-inning no hitters in, in the Hall of Fame or wherever you put the records, fine. But, you know, something has to happen. But as far as what the rules state now, like you said, it has to be at least nine innings. Yeah, and to me that 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 makes it clear. Now, but again, this is baseball, Rob, and so because it's baseball, we have these types of discussions, and we run into things that don't make any sense. So, for example, this is not a no hitter, but it is. And it does go down in the books as a complete game and as a shutout. So baseball, on the one hand, treats this seven-inning game as it treats nine-inning games for purposes of shutouts and complete games, but treats it differently when it comes to whether or not it's a no-hitter. Does that make any sense? No. But all I can say to you on that is, what do you expect? We're talking baseball. Like, That's like right. I and I are saying practice. <laughs> We're talking baseball, right? So it doesn't make any sense, right? So what do you think about that, though, Rob, really? Because on the one hand, we, we, meaning baseball, say that this is a complete game and it's a shutout, just like if it was over a nine-inning game, but it's not a no-hitter. How do you reconcile yeah, and, those? And I think that's what has people up in arms about, let's give this guy the credit for the no-hitter. We're going to count everything else that he accomplished in this game, every single piece of it. Might as well give him the no-hitter at that point because, you're going, like you said, you're counting it. It's a complete game in his record. It's a, it's a shutout for him, a complete game shutout. So it's like the guy didn't give up any hits, though, so it's a complete game, no-hit shutout, but it's not a no-hitter. So I think that's that's the part that has everyone going crazy saying, okay, so 
baseball in the union, you both agreed to have official seven inning games. You're going to count them as complete games, but the history books can't be touched because it's not a nine inning game. So no hitter, but you get the complete game. You get the shutout. You go home happy. You got the win, but you're not going to make the history books. So like you said, that's baseball for you. Yeah, it is. It, 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 it's baseball. And, but here's a, I don't believe that baseball should change the rule. I don't think they should even consider changing the rule um, because I, I think that part of the specialness of a no-hitter is, you know, going through the nine innings. You know, I really do. You know, I, I you know, because, you know, what do you, what would we do now if for a nine inning game that is called in the eighth inning because of rain? And that pitcher pitched eight innings, one more than Bumgarner pitched in the seventh inning game. He's not getting credited with a no hitter under the current rule. So, and he would have pitched an inning more than Bumgarner. So that's why I think we have a problem here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because, yeah. you know, but, but, but I think as well, Rob, that there's something about, you know, once you get to that seventh and especially the eighth and then into the ninth inning carrying a no hitter, the tension starts to mount. You feel it in the ballpark. You feel it over the television set. And I'm just not sure that that, you know, that same dynamic is at play in a seven inning game. It's not Little League, man. It's not Little League. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. I'm going to get paid big league money. It's not Little League, Rob. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because there is a sort of tension when you have the nine-inning game, the full game, because, you know, we talked about it off air, you start getting the alerts on the phone once the seventh inning hits, and then you get updated every half inning, going into the eighth inning, X, Y, and Z, you have as a no-hitters to eight. And then when you get to that ninth inning, you kind of, as a fan, you start thinking to yourself, am I going to ruin the no-hitter if I start watching the game? Should I just keep following it the way I am? Because, you know, and, and I don't remember, I don't know if, I remember getting alerts for this no-hitter or the non-no-hitter, the unofficial no-hitter, whatever. I don't even know what to call it. Right. (laughs) So I don't remember getting alerts for this. And maybe we did, maybe we did. I'm not sure. But it is a different feel when it's a nine-inning and a seven-inning game. So something has to happen, whether it's, you know, just cut out the seven-inning double-headers next season um, and then we never have to have this argument again, or – like I said earlier, maybe try to maybe make an adjustment to the rule and, you know, keep it in a separate book from the nine inning no hitters. I'm not sure. I have no idea, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I, I believe clearly this is not a no hitter, but I will tell you this. There's a part of me, Rob, right now, right now that just wants to make a couple of phone calls and, and, you know, produce some Madison Bumgarner no-hitter t-shirts because I believe I can get some people to buy them. 
<laughs> I believe it, man. <laughs> he pitched a no-no. I don't know what I would say on the T-shirt, but I think I can get people to buy him. You got to put a mad bum, no hitter, and then real tiny at the bottom with an asterisk, seven inning game. Yeah, got to do sell. something. There you go. <laughs> put a little disclaimer on it. But yeah. <laughs> there'll be some people that will, you know, uh, you know, snatch those things up, man. But, um, you know, look, for his, for his, you know, um, in his, uh, to his credit, Bumgarner, kind of made fun of the whole thing right he yeah. said look you know I, I thank the shadows in atlanta for helping me out because it was you know he, a game where sunday afternoon into the twilight and you know he said I, I i thank the shadows and then he says i thank rob manford for the seven inning <laughs> double headers you know what i mean so he kind of made light of it and, and you know here's the thing madison bumgarner big time pitcher no, no question about it. Not as good as he used to be, right? But certainly a big time pitcher, you know, World Series champion and, and, and the rest of it. And he's also one of those, you know, no nonsense kind of guys, you know. I don't believe Madison Bumgarner wants this so called no hitter. I don't. I, I just don't. I, I don't I want, think. I one hundred percent agree like with that. Yeah, yeah. I I think he's too much of a gamer, and we saw that in the World Series runs that he had with the Giants. The dude is just a gamer, and and like you said, he's not what he used to be. He's declined a lot, and he's even had a rough year this year. This is his best outing in a long time. But I don't think he wants credit for the no hitter. I knew. I I'm pretty sure he knows going into it, and even going into the seventh, he probably didn't have that no-hitter mindset that pitchers normally have. So, you know, I don't think he wants the credit for it. So, But he handled it like a pro. The interview yeah. he did was definitely, he handled that like a pro. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, sort of an interesting, interesting storyline coming out of Atlanta. And, and, and before we get off of this, I just want to piggyback on something you said earlier, and that is that Zach Gallen in the first game threw a, a one-hitter for the Diamondbacks. And so, you know, perhaps the biggest story out of all of this is that over the two games in, of that doubleheader, the Atlanta Braves had a total of one hit. And so, you know, that's kind of remarkable whether you're playing seven inning doubleheaders or nine inning doubleheaders, right? Their bats were silenced. Yeah, and they need to figure something out because that's a loaded lineup. And to only muster out one hit in 14 innings, that's that's something. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, right now, um, National League East, um, the Mets, um, one game over 500, and they're in first place. So it just lets you know that right now um, the teams there are scuffling a little bit. Um, but it is, as we said last week, it's early. I think it still is early. We're, we're still in April, man. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. kind of hard to believe, but we're still in April. A couple of days left, but we're still in April. And um, it's 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 a bit early, but um, yeah, the Braves need to need need to get going, swinging the sticks. But um, I tell you this though, real quickly, man, 
one one guy who doesn't have to you know work on swinging a stick is Fernando Tatis Jr. At least when he's playing the Dodgers, because man, you know, first of all, the Padres and Dodgers played again this weekend. Another you know really entertaining set. But Rob Fernando Tatis has seven home runs on the season. And I believe he has six of them against the Dodgers or something like that. <laughs> the dude is special, man. He is special. And I and I think it was last time we spoke, maybe, or the time before that, we were wondering if he was even going to be back. And I think he's back in a big way. So, yeah, <laughs> man. But the, the, that game, the Padres and the Dodgers series in general, both series they've had, Definitely must watch baseball, and I hope they continue to both play to the level they're playing. Like I said last time, I had to check the calendar to make sure it wasn't October yet, especially with the chill we've been feeling up here in the Northeast. But it, like, it's still April, and these guys are playing their hearts out. They're playing like it's playoff baseball. Yesterday's game, the Padres were down 7-1 and came back to win it. It is a crazy, crazy game, man. Exciting, exciting baseball between these two teams. Yeah, and and the thing I liked about it, I, I didn't get a chance to see much of this uh, weekend set, but I did see some of the highlights. And, and who who could have missed, right? Fernando Tatis, you know, taking Bauer yard, right, and then as he's going around first base, look back at his dugout and cover one of his eyes <laughs> with his hand, <laughs> mimicking Bauer, right? When Bauer was, you know, out there pitching with one eye closed, and then he wanted to make sure everybody knew it, so he put his hand over his eye. I thought that yeah. was funny. And then he took Bauer deep again. <laughs> what I thought was even funnier was his Conor McGregor walk. <laughs> I think he touched home play. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. So to see that going on, and that was in the game. And then after the game, there was some good stuff between Bauer and Tatis as well. Yeah, and you like to see that, man, because, you know, there's animosity between the two teams. But then we're seeing the fun side of baseball, which is, you know, the whole mantra of let the kids play, let them have fun. We're seeing that. The way Trevor Bauer and Tatis kind of went at it, it was nothing malicious. It was just playing around. And then the interview that Bauer had after, they asked him about it. And he said, yeah, I gave up the home run. The guy blasted two home runs off me. He can do whatever he wants. He owns it. You know, so I love to see that, that, you know, and he mentioned too, you know, pitchers, sometimes they want to throw at hitters and whatever. And he was like, I'm not that kind of guy. You know, if I give up the home run, the hitter has every right to celebrate. Just Just like if I strike him out or I get him out in a big inning or something like that, I'm going to do my celebration as well. So, you know, if, I, if I'm going to be able to give it, I got to take it as well. So I think it's great to see that kind of gamesmanship between the two players and the two teams. So it, it's good for baseball. It's fun for baseball. And I love to see it. And I hope we continue to see it across the entire league, not just between the, these two teams and those two players. Yeah. 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 It, it was fun stuff. Um, uh, other things real quickly, man, the Oakland A's. We're on a 13-game winning streak. Um, you know, obviously, that was the longest in baseball so far in this uh, season. That's about a month old. Um, but here's the other thing, Rob. As we speak right now, uh, the Oakland A's 
a 14 and eight. So they go on a 13 game winning streak and they only have 14 wins on the season. So it shows you how badly they were struggling, but they did have, you know, they did put together pretty good streak there. So, you know, um, they're, they're, they're sitting atop the AL West at the moment, um, you know, off of that impressive streak. So, you know, they've been playing some good baseball in the National League. The Milwaukee Brewers are playing some good baseball. And I think I think Milwaukee's a sleeper. I really do. And so I'm going to keep our eye on on that. But um, um, also, finally, too, out in the, in, in the American League, I think you got to feel a little bit better about your Yankees, don't you? I do. You know, I, I yelled at them a little bit last time we were on. I gave them peace of my mind. And they've played a lot better. You know, defensively, they've done a lot better. Their hitters are starting to slowly come around. They played Cleveland. They split the Braves series, won three out of four against Cleveland. So they're playing a little better. They're going against Baltimore now in this in the series now. Um, so they're turning the corner a little bit. Garrett Cole against Shane Bieber, that was must-watch. And Garrett Cole took him took the Indians to task, man. He did. He had a great game, and Bieber wasn't wasn't bad at all he had a great game as well uh, but the Yankees were able to take that one but I'm happy with the way they're playing lately um, I hope they continue to build on that success they kind of gave the game away yesterday but that's a different conversation um, but yeah I'm happy I'm happy I'm going to continue to yell at them until they get over 500 so my rants aren't done yet but uh, <laughs> I'll be okay no need to I won't I won't show up on the news anytime soon so we're good there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, look, you know, they, they're, starting to, they're starting to, um, you know, show some signs that, that they are the New York Yankees. But, again, I, I think a lot of the, you know, panic was certainly premature. Not saying you were panicking, but, you know, there were, you know, some some old faithfuls up there in the Bronx that were starting to get a little nervous, and I think that was a little premature. But, yeah, but they're starting to play good baseball. But, you know, baseball is going to start to heat up, I think, Rob. You know, when we get into May, we get to Memorial Day and everything else, the first holiday of the summer, um, I think that's when we can really settle in and, and you know, see, see how baseball is going to start to unfold. Because I think at that point – teams that are still playing kind of well right now like look the pittsburgh pirates are 11 and 11 as we speak you know what i mean so that just lets you know and i'm not trying to pick on pittsburgh but i'm picking on pittsburgh but you know (laughs) you know what i'm saying so at some point that will change um and i think you know as we get closer to memorial day we'll start to see some teams um you know start to assert themselves a little bit better as the weather gets better and all the rest of that so we shall see, Rob. But um, all right, brother. Listen, we're gonna come back again. Um, you know, keep our eye on the NBA as um, the season's coming down to the end, and keep an eye on our New York Knicks, man. They're about to go on a um, extended road trip. They got two more games at home tonight and Wednesday, and then they hit the road for I think six. Right? Is I think they have a six gamer coming up. I believe um, so. Yeah. Be Right. So but man, I'm telling you, I'm excited about the Knicks. And and Rob, I'm going to give you the final word on this. We've been talking about Julius Randle and rightfully so. Julius Randle has been outstanding. But I will tell you what. R.J. Barrett 
has been really impressive. Sometimes he's a little inconsistent, and sometimes he gets some inconsistent minutes because Thibodeau might keep him on the bench in the fourth quarter, for example, right? And other times he's playing down the stretch. But R.J. Barrett, I think, has really had an improved season and a good season for the Knicks. Yeah, and I think it was to start the season, he started off really, really good. And he kind of tailed off a little bit, but the kid's only 20 years old, and I think people forget that. So he's still coming into his own as, as an NBA player, adjusting to the game. Obviously, it's a new system now with Thibodeau in there. But I, I like the kid, man. I know we missed out on Zion, and people feel like we settled for Barrett. But I think he's going to be a really, really good player moving forward, man. I'm happy with the way he's been playing. And I hope he continues, man. All this is going to do is give him experience. They're going to get into the playoffs. And he's going to get a lot more game experience and all this stuff. So look out for this kid, man, because he's going to be something special. Yeah, man. And I tell you, he's worked on his shot. His shot is, first of all, it's better, but it also just looks better out of his hand. Yes. Um, you know, he's he got that corner three down, you know what I mean? Which again, if you look, PJ Tucker has stayed in the league, you know, he can play good defense and rebound. He's just tough as nails, but also too, his ability to hit that corner three. There's some guys who've made careers out of being able to hit the corner three. And and Barrett is doing that, but Barrett is also um, you know, just a very talented player, right? He was number three overall, right? Selection in the draft behind Zion and Morant. Um, But, but here's the, here's the thing I like about him, Rob, is that he keeps his composure because there are times in the game, like he might have a half where he's, you know, first half he's one for 10, but you don't ever see him get down. You don't ever see him like force the issue. He plays within the game. And even if he's not having his best game, he's still competing. And, you know, he finds a way to contribute and make a difference. You know, even because the shot's not falling, he'll still stay with it. And yeah. then he'll, he can turn it around. And next thing you know, he went from having only two points at halftime to finishing the game with 18 or 20, you know? Yeah. And that's impressive for a kid his age, 20 yes. years old, still still learning the game of basketball at the, at the NBA level. That's impressive. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, so go New York, go New York, go. That's the New York Knicks theme song for those who don't know. So, all right, brother. So, listen, uh, good catching up with you, and, and we look forward to coming back next week. We're going to hit him up again, Rob, with another edition of Sports. 360.